You're listening to my daddy, the six man. I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see yeah. too often. Get yeah. the kid facing trauma, stress, depression, marijuana, 50 cents a jack, heart disease from me. Now carry out a sweat, blood and tears. My cousin spent five years at this McDonald's, taking classes, studying social work, and hosting fillers pockets. Scarlet fever from industrial parks, pollution gave us asthma. I can't trust the news no more. Cause they put filters on their cameras Six men tell it straight out here Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford One leg inside the trench My wrist came from corporate office uh, Here's the truth Mind above the matters I can't let them starve Hood preacher I can't let my city ever fall apart Made mistakes before I overcome the odds And took a charge Built a damn pile Took my youngest Yeah, I'm with the six man How you hit that free throw with no jumper Take my people out of section eight I stand behind my promise Pray to God it took a leap of faith Like Pac and Biggie Papa Black Black lives matter over here, the truth they can't see too often, yeah, yeah, we need change of perks, we always had it the worst, cause white folk policies left us cursed, we need retribution, put 10 bands inside my grandma purse, they said it's back a thousand years, and took our culture here, it's dirt, we all kings and queens, right, just hit the six man for advice, my mind was stuck in the gutter, spoken reason changed my life, meditation kept us woke, therapeutic vibes and quotes, they just killed Breonna Taylor, so it's hard to trust her folks, and I sent a prayer for yeah. White collar crime through the stock market, mail fraud. When it came to food stamps, my brother never had a choice. Fast forward, he just copped a 20 acres. Yeah. I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see. Yeah. I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa Black Lives Matter over here The truth they can't see too often yeah. Welcome back everybody Welcome back to the show It's your host, The Six Man You tuned into Real Talk with The Six Man It's a new year man it's a new year, it's 2021, um, but we still got a lot going on in this in this, uh, in this this year already starting off. It's a lot going on. Um, and I thought that one of the conversations that needed to be had was a conversation about gun safety. So I got a guest on the line tonight who's going to talk to us a little bit about that and some of his thoughts on everything that's going on. So Juan Johnson is the founder of Lone Wolf Firearms Training, and he's also a national certified NRA firearms instructor who certifies and teaches firearms in any state in America. And um, Juan also served with the Metropolitan Police Department for almost three decades, patrolling the streets of the District of Columbia and assigned to the Civil uh, Disturbance Unit, which is called uh, short for CD, C, CDU. And so I wanted to talk to Juan because I thought Juan was perfect to kind of talk about some of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight, mainly gun safety and just learning how to protect ourselves. So I wanted Juan to, you know, kind of, you know, give us his take on what everything that's going on and, um, you know, just kind of get into a conversation. So Juan, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, how you doing today, man? I am doing good. Yourself? Man, I'm good. So, man, um, the other night I saw you on live, man, and uh, you were kind of talking about some stuff that I wanted to get into in terms of gun safety. But I wanted you to take a second 
also and just kind of tell you know the listeners who you are and what and what you've been doing thus far again like the intro my name is Juan Johnson I am a, a former DC police officer of 25 years um I've been trained in you know guns weapons shotguns CDU ASP OC spray batons uh knowing how to go about uh, CDU functions um and deployments and just you know basically just knowing how to patrol and and, and, and do what the police do as far as in the community. So I'm very familiar with that from the so when I left that part of my life I went and became a firearm instructor because uh, after seeing uh, that our neighborhoods are not protected, although it appears to be protected, but we're not protected. Um, I'm a firm believer that there's not enough police officers for everyone. Mm. Say this again, there's not enough police officers for everyone. And what I've seen as a police officer is you know, we keep calling everybody wants the police to be there, but nobody wants to take the responsibility to protect themselves. Right. So I made a concerted effort to, uh, I've gone from telling people to protect themselves to becoming a firearm instructor so I can train people how to protect themselves. And not just in firearms, I mean, self-defense, uh, quite a few things that uh, me and myself and the guys that work with me can show you how to uh, basically defend yourselves. Okay, and, and and so Juan, let me ask you a quick question though. What? Why do you think people don't take enough initiative to protect themselves? I think that we have grown too complacent with being protected by the police. I think that uh, this is a very deep question because a lot of it stems from um, what we've got from our leaders, our politicians, our preachers, our activists. Uh, my mind goes back to after King and, and Huey Newton and, and uh, Fred Hampton had been assassinated. Mm. Uh, the black community went underground. The black church went underground. The black preachers went underground. Everybody started talking about basically, you know, uh, if you hold your peace, let the Lord fight your battle. Victory shall be yours. So mm. they got away from protecting themselves and depended solely on the state troopers, the National Guard. Mm. County police, you know what I'm saying, the sheriffs. Uh, black men have just got comfortable with not protecting the sisters. And uh, I just believe that, that that narrative needs to change. And, and and part of your discussion on your live was the discussion about the black man protecting the sisters and also yeah. sisters protecting themselves. So I wanted you to like kind of expound on that a little bit just to recap on some of the stuff that you talked about on your live the other night. So from what I've seen and witnessed and observed and encountered, the sisters are unprotected. Uh, a lot of our sisters are single out here. They don't have no males. When I was patrolling the streets, every time we get called for service, I'd ask the sister, where your man? You don't have a man. Where your brother? You don't got a brother. Where your uncle? Ain't got no uncles. Mm. It's just like four or five layers of sisters. Right. Okay. And so the police officer has always been the protector. Right. Has actually supplemented for being a man. That's a good you know? point. So when I say the sisters are unprotected, I'm saying that, you know, there are no, there's not a whole lot of men around. And then the ones who, uh, who you try to get to become firearm inclined or trained, they'll find excuses not to hold a gun or have a gun. Wow. You know what I'm saying? 
But that comes from, you know, a program. Somebody put that into your system. Somebody put it into your head. And I'm just trying to undo it. Rewire you. Give you a whole different download. Right. Upload, you know what I'm saying, like a computer. Right. So I just said, you know what, the sisters are not protected. I know what. Quietly, silently, the brothers know it. You know, they ain't going to say it out loud. But there's a situation on today. Ayanna Presley, congresswoman out of Massachusetts. Somebody, somebody pulled, somebody actually dismantled her, her panic button in her office in Congress. Mm. We're talking about an elected official, Ayanna Presley out of Massachusetts. Somebody on the inside dismantled her panic button, okay? So they can get to her and see the congresswoman. What? All the sisters about the faces. When right. I said that, you know, this black girl magic piece had put a put a a, 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 a target on the sisters. I'm telling the truth. Right. There's nothing wrong with black girl magic, but in the big scheme of things, you don't let no Democratic Party make you the face. You know, mm. of a, 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 a to another party who wants to take who wants to take you out. Right. You know, so. That's why I say we're not protected, brother. We're not protected. And so I just want to double back real quick. So yeah. you 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 said you did almost three decades, um, yeah. you know, serving the police department. What I mean, and, and in terms of, you know, becoming a instructor, what was there any specific situation that led you to to want to do that other than when you got called for service for women who, you know, you found out didn't have men figures in their lives? I mean, was it anything specific? So watch this. I've always been pro-black from day one on the academy before I even got there. They used to call me Juanettes or Dreads on the streets of uh, D.C., Simple City. And so uh, I've always been about business of, you know, making sure we protect it mm-hmm. and looked out for it. So for me, you know, me not seeing the brothers protect the sisters, or me seeing too many, seeing the sisters in the packs with no men, no protection. I was, I went from, remember, because I got my own real talk too. I got a, I got my own real talk page too, and I dealt with this issue, uh, because it's a real talk issue. It's a real talk conversation right. that we must have. Um, we get, we have too many sisters out here who are the male and the female, the provider and the protector. Right. And they have to be to protect themselves. Right. Especially in these rural areas now. Because the most, what's that, the most easily targeted system right now, my brother, are those in a rural area. Right. There where that middle America where the Republicans are. Correct. Or really dedicated to, you know, striking back at these liberals. Right. That's why we have to be about the business of making sure our sisters and our families are protected. Because who, who's to say they don't get a knock on the door with these little ticky torches knowing you and everybody yourself unprotected? Right. Then what? Right. I agree. So I, I agree. was saying we need to protect ourselves to say, you know what, nah, I just need to go ahead and become a constructor and teach them how to protect themselves. And that's how I started. Okay. So how how long how long how long have you been actually training and and, and teaching people how to protect themselves as a um, certified instructor? I've been training since 
Okay. And so have you seen the numbers go up since you've been doing it? Like in terms of, you know, brothers and sisters coming to get certified and, and, and how do you promote it to, to get more people certified? So what, I mean, other than your, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about it, but other than your, um, other than your, um, YouTube page, cause I actually became a subscriber not too long ago. And so other than your YouTube page and maybe your Facebook, I mean, how do you promote like work, like word of mouth telemarketing to kind of get people interested in being, you know, trained so they can know how to, you know, use and, um, you know, just kind of protect themselves with a gun. Okay. Because I'm looking at brothers like myself who have companies with firearms training. They're beginning now to cleanse us mm. and censor us mm. off these social media platforms because wow. they don't want you or us to be introducing or even training our people right. about self Right. And I mean, I, I, I've seen so many gun clubs and gun uh, companies mm-hmm. uh, leaving social media not by choice. Mm-hmm. They've been censored. Right. And even on my page, they've actually uh, sent me a notice saying the administrator must approve this post. I'm thinking to myself, well, hell, I thought I was my own administrator of my own site. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, and I keep trying to tell folks, again, there's no promise that we're going to be on social media alone. That's Whether true. Whether it's going to be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because they are censoring folks who not just talk, but they have the ability to train and teach and convince people to protect yourselves, protect their families. So right now, as long as social media is available, I'll take it. But the way it's going, I'm going back to the old school way. Each one, teach one, tell somebody. provide Provide a good service, your name, your work get out there and you'll get the recommendations. Right. And I'm and I'm actually glad that I met you though, and it was funny because I met you through another individual that we both know, uh Minister Christopher Tate. And, and, yeah, and I had recently interviewed him um last year and we he invited me to come to an event at his church and then you know, of course you were there and then we kinda, you know, chatted it up a little bit. <laughs> And I think most most of our conversation was leading me to my next question. So I know a lot of sisters are able to get, you know, certified, get training. But it's a lot of brothers like myself that are stuck in a rut because of a criminal charge maybe from 20 years ago that's hindering me, 
and hindering other brothers like myself the the availability and the right to 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 even purchase a handgun. So I know in 2015 they uh Merlin introduced uh the HQL, which is the handgun qualification license. And you have to have that now in order to even purchase new a uh, new gun or ammunition. So it's so I think that to a degree Maryland has not been a friendly state like Virginia, our neighbor, you know, in terms of, you know, having guns and, and purchasing guns because it's given, you know, m brothers like myself a hard time. I have a charge um, from 1995. Um, it was a handgun charge. Um, it wasn't in the commission of a crime. It wasn't in the commission of any type of violent felony. Um, I just had the gun on me um, and, a, you know, a, 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 a innocent bystander happened to call the police, when I was coming out of a carryout, told the police that they thought I was trying to rob the carryout. And long story short, the the record is still there, and for some reason, it's it's not giving me the opportunity to even get a HQL license. So, I know it's brothers out there that want to do it, but brothers like myself, who's been fighting this for going on now maybe five years. It just gets frustrating because it's like it's been so long ago and that charge itself has, you know, diminished from my mental capacity in terms of me not even being that way anymore. And it's still hindering me from, you know, being a legally, you know, being able to legally purchase a fire, a handgun, not 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 a not a long gun, but just a handgun. So it's just like the rules have changed a little bit because I know brothers that want to get strapped, but. It's hard for them to do so. Yeah, the decisions are not used sometimes. Uh, affect us in our adult lives, and um, in Maryland, it's just very interesting how they do things as far as uh, uh, holding uh, people accountable and not wanting folks to have certain guns. All I can say is this: there are, and I'm gonna uh, keep it truthfully out of the program. The program. There are some organizations out here who can help you to get a pardon or to get it uh, expunged. Okay. Uh, I know of uh, one of my older one of my clients who uh, had a major situation, and um, they had got this stuff expunged. Okay. You know, so I know I've seen it with my own eyes that if you have a situation going on in your past that's preventing you from being a responsible gun owner, that there are organizations and there are people out here who can actually help you to have your record expunged you know but I would say this even if you can't get that I still encourage the brothers and sisters who have these records and still uh, are not able to be responsible gun owners and users there's nothing keeping you from being familiar and going through the class and the, and the, and the, and the training so you can be familiar with it right that makes sense yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I still think that you still need to know what you're dealing with. You may come across a gun on the street, you know what I'm saying? And you don't know if it's loaded or not. Right. But with the knowledge to make it safe, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And then call the police. Right. You know, let them know, look at, I found a gun, you know, just come retrieve it. But you can make it safe if you have that knowledge. Most of us don't even have the knowledge. Right. We don't know about the revolver. Don't know about the hand, about the semi-automatic. Don't know about the shotgun. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, is even if you're not going to become a responsible user, at least gain the knowledge. Right. 
And I, and I think it stops them because of the fact that, you know, sometimes we don't get the opportunity like others to be able to be a responsible gun owner. So I think sometimes it just stops. I mean, me personally, it, it, it actually stopped me in my tracks maybe in uh, 2018 because I was just getting so frustrated with it, you know, talking to different people. I went to a few um, expungement events where you know standing in long lines waiting two and three hours to get up to these lawyers and they telling me that it's really nothing i can do but get a pardon and i'm just like well how am i gonna do that and so it's just like it, it just got frustrating for a while where i didn't want to do these events i didn't want to you know kind of you know follow up and, and and continue to try to fight this thing because it just it just seemed like a a, a no-win situation so i can understand some brothers who might want to do it the right way, but then end up doing it, you know, the the wrong way, you know, again, just to be able to protect themselves. Because, you know, you got felons out here who court charges and are felons, and they can't, you know, have a gun at all. To be, know. You know what I mean? I know. Yes, I know. I know. But I can say, again, everything has an expiration date. They have a constitution date. It can be suspended tomorrow. Right, okay? right. If, 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 if martial law was declared, all bets are off. Okay? Right. And so, again, I'm just saying, as a gun instructor who believes in the Second Amendment, and even if you um, and even if you're unable to physically own the weapon, there's nothing keeping you from being familiar and gaining the knowledge so that if you happen to come across it, you will know what to do. That's true. I agree with that. And especially in the height of the society that we in now, especially with this madness up at the Capitol. I mean, you know, they, you know, it's, it's being said now that these uh, white supremacists are coming back and they coming back on, you know, to, to wreak more havoc on our nation's capital, which is the city where we live. And I just don't understand how, you know, I mean, I, I don't understand a lot, but I don't understand how. You know, when Black Lives Matter had their protests, peaceful protests that, you know, the National Guard, riot gear, everything was in like full spectrum. You know, everything was in place. Everything was, you know, ready to go. But here it is. You've been knowing these people saying that they was going to come in for months. I mean, you've even arrested their so-called leader. And then he got out and then Trump got on TV and literally, you know, told these people word for word, go to the Capitol, bring back our votes. And it and in 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 an idiotic fashion, that's exactly what they did. But on you know, on a on a bigger scale, it showed you know white privilege at its best. You know, and so if they do decide to come back and they are um, armed, how are DC residents? I mean, if that stuff trickles down to the streets, how are DC residents or people in general? are supposed to protect themselves if they haven't been uh, able to legally do so. Again, that's why right now they got 20,000 National Guardsmen in D.C. right now. Because they know that it's one thing to uh, wake a bear. It's another thing to poke a bear. Mm. And you got 74 million Trump supporters versus the 80 million Biden supporters. And I've told anybody and everybody who will listen to me, even if 10% of the Trump supporters decide to just wreak havoc, 10% of 74 million is still 7 million people. And you got, and 10% of 80 million people is 8 million people. 
I mean, the people on both sides who are willing to go to war for freedom, for justice, for liberty. That's this is how serious this is. Not to scare nobody, but this is like history repeating itself. Mm. And black folks are always in the middle. Right. If we weren't slavery. Right. And and it's and it's sad because you know you know this is a country that they made you know this is these are the laws and the and the and the amendments that they made that to work you know to benefit them and it's like now it's starting to benefit you know people of other races and they can't they can't handle it you mean because they feel like we're taking the country away from them when they've had everything. So watch this. There was a scene in the movie Crimson Tide. Denzel Washington and Jane Hackman. I remember that movie. And Denzel was the captain of the board. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Jane Hackman was the commander. Mm-hmm. And the only way you could launch any nuclear weapons was that the captain had to authenticate yes. the message from the government or yeah. from, uh, from uh, the military. Right. Long story short, uh, they got to like, a little dispute. They did. And a little disagreement. And Jane Hackman told Look here, we don't have the luxury to practice democracy. You practice, I live it. Right. And I say that on a grander scale, black people have been practicing democracy for a long time. Right. White folks will tell you we live democracy. That's why out of the 410 million guns, because it was the last year, it was, three, it was 390 last year, 20 million was sold just last year alone. 20 million was sold in the corona era. Okay? Mm. So now we have the 410 million million legal guns in America, mm-hmm. okay, and 80% of those guns is in the hands of white folks. Be very clear about that. That's a big number, Juan. Damn. 80%? 80%. And mind you now, mind you, uh, uh, you know, we're only 44% of the total population. Well, correct. We're only 14%, 30%, and we're 44 million. White people are 200 Right. And I mean, that and makes I, that makes it even more serious to kind of, you know, think about. But I think for me, the scariest part for me, you know, for me is that even though some of us aren't able to get guns legally, it doesn't mean we don't have them. That's true. And, That's true. and so when shit go down, 
you know, they can think what they want, but if they come into certain neighborhoods, they gonna have a rude awakening. So I, so I think that's the part that's uh, I'm a little scared of because you got, you know, families now, you got kids, you got people trying to protect their house, you know, I'm mean? and and I'm hoping it don't get to that point, but just that number that you giving me, you know, we, I mean, when you think about it, you have no choice but to protect yourself if shit goes left. We, we got to be proactive, not reactive. Right. I'm taking the emotions out of the equation. I am not an emotional person. I'm very logical, very practical, just like them. I think like them. They study us, I study them. Watch this, and I tell people all the time, the closest that I've ever become, the closest that I've ever been to being white is a police officer. Oh, wow. Black police officer. Because you have power and authority, and you can take a life. And all you have to do is say these magic words. I fear for my life. And don't make it off. Hey, Juan, but see, that's the thing that's throwing us off because when you see what happened at the Capitol, it's like, why wouldn't anybody say, you know, that they that they that they uh, felt like their life was in fear and that, you know, they can kind of use some type of, you know, protection to protect themselves, to protect that building. But that never happened. So it just leads us to think that it's a bigger picture a grander scheme going on that those, all those people were allowed to do that shit. Well, I, I'll say this. Anytime you understand the system of racism, white supremacy, you, you're looking at law enforcement has been invaded from Maine to California. Every, it's every law enforcement organization has been invaded. And even down to the capitals, even down to the FBI, the CIA Secret Service, what you saw last week was Infiltration and collaboration. I like that word, collaboration. Okay. You actually saw police officers exporting mm-hmm. white folks into the, the building. Yeah. So if you're exporting, if you're infiltrating, if you're collaborating, then the system is bigger than your your Republican or your or your Democrat. That's right. That's that. That's absolutely right. Okay. That is absolutely and, 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 right. And we must always remember this: even in the first Civil War, when the Republicans, when the South fought the North, when it was over, they said the North won, but they gave those South generals jobs, mm. and they focused after the Civil War was over. We had Reconstruction, and from Reconstruction, they focused all their energy on the Jim Crow, on the Jim Crow laws. Which was not into effect before the Civil War. We had uh, the Black Codes. After the Civil War, it became Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they all get back on the same page. In the bigger scheme of things, there's nothing more important than the system of white male domination. There's right. nothing more important than the system of white supremacy, and their allegiance is to the system. The battle was this. It went from ideological to philosophical, and now it was physical. That's correct. And we're going to find out who's going to win. Right. Because it's going to be a fight. They're already fighting. Yeah, I mean, they already, you know, and when I say they, I mean certain law enforcement agencies have already, you know, um, I want to say alerted you know, certain cities of, you know, what could be going on. You know, you already alluded to, Two dates specifically, I actually wrote them down. Uh, the 17th, 
and the 20th. So, I mean, it's already been said that it's going down. But again, you know, it's like, you know, you, you try to be a law abiding citizen and, you know, get your gun and register it and, you know, do it the legal route. But, you know, when you can't do it the legal route, it, it forces you. It literally forces you to do whatever you need to do, you know, like Malcolm X would say, by any means necessary, because you have to. I mean, because... So I would never encourage you to break the law, but I would also remind you that the first law of man is self-preservation. Right. I like that. Okay. I, I like that. Self-preservation precedes the Second Amendment. Right. The right to bear arms. Right. That's okay. right. Because self-preservation is the law of the land and the human and humankind and in animal kingdom. Self-preservation. Proves. Right. Right. I okay. agree. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. That's. You, you, I might, I might have to repeat that to myself a few more times because that's basically what it is at this point. Self-preservation. That's exactly what yes. it is. Yes. And I mean, I, I just feel like you know, even with the um, with the violence that's going on, you know, in different cities, especially you know, near me, you know, D.C., Maryland, it's just like you know, these younger guys with these guns. I wish they could, you know, stop to look at, you know, the bigger picture of the effects of what they're doing to these neighborhoods and, and, and some of these cities across the nation. And, and, you know, now with, you know, the internet, Google, like you said, censorship, you know, go ahead and, and research some stuff, you know, look, look up your history, see what's going on. I mean, before they block it all. I mean, like you said, they trying to censor certain things on the internet. I mean, it's funny you, you, you said that because I actually have my own little Facebook group on Facebook and also, you know, you know, have this platform, my podcast, and it just seems like for some reason, I feel like sometimes they try to censor me, depending on what I'm talking about or what I'm saying. So it's it's definitely some truth about that, but I still wish that the younger guys would, you know, just take a second and just look at, you know, the detriment that they're doing to their local communities, you know, and then look at the history and just see how it's not going to change unless we make a change. So... It's just it's just hard for me to see sometimes. So watch this. With the younger guys, this is what I've observed. <laughs> when these youngins don't have that masculine energy in the house. Oh boy, you going somewhere. Oh boy. Okay. And they're not able to balance out the masculine with the feminine. Mm. Okay. And they're not when you don't have it in the house, you, when you recognize it, when you when you see it, mm -hmm. you don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. So Exactly. You saying something, Juan. You saying something. Okay. So if you're threatened by something you don't understand, what do you do? You, you kill it. They react. It. Yep, they react. they react. Yep. Okay. So we've had a 20, 25 year experiment with single family households. With these, with our sisters. And I love my sisters. Raising these boys. Not all of them. But we got enough predators out here. Because I always say this, either you're raising a gift or you're raising a predator. Mm. Okay? And a lot of predators out here right now. Mm. And they, watch this, if you don't fear God, you know you're going to fear no man. Right. And they can do what they do because they don't fear God and they don't fear man. Right. And they kill you, they kill your mama, they kill your children. Mm -hmm. And those are predators. And I hunted predators. And I still 
Mm. I mean that. Mm. And that's a that's a strong tone, but you know that's your truth, though. I mean, and that's kind of what it is. I mean, we we get into these conversations about you know men stepping up, but you know we still are leaving the women the job to raise a man. And it's all these conversations online sometimes where you know men say you know. You know, females can't raise a man to be a man. Then some women will beg to differ. And it's just a big conversation. You know what I mean? But your analogy with not being able to recognize, you know, a man. And then when you when you when you confronted with it and you don't understand it, you automatically react because you're 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 intimidated by that. So I think that that's a a whole nother conversation within itself. But it it just kind of comes full circle with what's going on, because I mean. It, it, that's exactly what's going on in these communities right now. I mean, you got these long going beefs that's been going on for years and years and years. And you got these OGs that's coming home from jail. And then uh, you got these younger OGs who don't know the real rules of engagement and then just sending these young boys out here just to, you know, do whatever. And then you got some of the OGs that's coming home trying to talk to the youngest and they don't want to hear that. Like, they, man, I don't want to hear that. You you old now. You, you ain't you ain't nobody. You ain't nothing. So it just seems like it's harder and harder to reach them because they so hard headed. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what what can be possibly done to get them to soften up that thought process. I mean, because they I mean, ultimately, you are exterminating our race. That is a loaded question. Because, again, I've lived to see. Because hey, watch this. I want to say something right now. I'm very excited. Is three types of abuse. Okay. And the first one would be verbal. Mm -hmm. You verbally abuse somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, cuss them out all the time. Mm -hmm. You know. The second would be, you know, physical. Mm -hmm. The person know they will be smacked around. Mm -hmm. But the third one is even more deadly. It's called neglect. Mm. Very clear. Mm. Neglect is worse. Because neglect asks the question, what did I do to yeah. deserve this? Wow. Why aren't they here? And they're always asking the question, what did I do? And a lot of our children suffer from neglect. And when you suffer from neglect, then you turn on that thing that you were supposed to love. Mm. Mother and your father, your brothers and your sisters. Mm -hmm. And you hold that, hold that hurt. Because you don't have to deal with it. Right. Because you're always asking the question, because you're grown now. Right. So when I see a parent who was neglectful, I don't know you. You ain't enough for me. That's worse than physical. That's worse than verbal. Mm. We don't deal with the we don't deal with neglect. Black men, OGs have neglected and raising these boys mm. and talking to these boys. And now the result is a backlash. Yeah. You know, watch this. One of my great teachers, Dr. John Hugh Clark, said these words that a people who don't respect their ancestors their offsprings won't respect them. Mm. Say that again, Juan. A people 
will not respect their ancestors, your offspring won't respect you. Wow. Wow. We've neglected. Mm. Neglect, brother, mm. is one of the, it's the worst type of abuse. Mm. And, it, and it lashes out on everybody. If you can shoot a little girl on the street, 12 year old, 11 year old, you can shoot a mother, grandma, grandfather. You can shoot the women. Like you say, the women and children, the women and children are off limits. They, they. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, that was part of the code. I mean, you know, you had to leave. You had to leave them untouched. Not when you've been neglected. Right. That makes sense. Because you don't care about nobody. You don't care about shit. Nobody. Right. So as, as a police, no one, we got a predator out here. It's catch a predator. You got to think like a predator. Mm. And you got to know going in, that predator, probably no one be taken dead or alive. Right. I'm keeping it real. Real talk, right? I mean, that's a that's a great mindset, though, you know, to allow somebody else to kind of think about the mindset going in, you know, trying to go after a predator like that. Look, when we are in the streets and trying to apprehend some of these brokers to some of these killers out here. You can't put them, you can't put the gloves on until you take the gloves off. Right. Right. Because, because they taking the gloves off. That's true. They're reckless. And it's and it's hard to show them respect because they don't really know what it is. They think they know what it is, but they don't really know what it is. They ain't been around enough masculine energy to see what respect look like. Right. Watch this. I tell folks this: when you marry somebody, you date somebody, you date three people: the mother and father that was there, or the mother and father that wasn't there. Right. Wow. Right. God damn, Juan, you you yeah, you killing it tonight, Slim. Damn, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and 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 I'm I appreciate that because I like to look at things in the bigger picture, the grand, the grander scheme, because it's always something bigger than what's on the surface. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm an Aquarius, so I, I tend to, I don't want to say overthink, but I tend to think a lot, and then I try to look at something and be like, nah, you know what? It's something deeper than that. Because even with this this capital situation, right? So, you know, I was at work. Um, I had a long day. I did my my day. Long story short, uh, one of my um, one of my side jobs. I'm a contractor for delivering propane tanks, and so I'm up in Northwest on the day that this happened, and I'm I'm just doing my regular thing. And this white lady is across the street, and she's screaming out the top of her voice, "What the fuck are you doing with all those propane tanks in your truck of all days?" I'm like, "What?" So I go ahead and you know finish doing what I'm doing dropping the tanks off, bringing them back to my truck. And before I can get back like to my truck to get in my truck, it's like four police cars coming down the street. So it, it, it escalated into something that was totally unnecessary to me because all I'm doing is my job. Now, I can, un I can understand her saying the propane tanks and being scared, but all you got to do is ask me, what am I doing? I can tell you. I'm delivering propane tanks to residents. That's it. That's all I'm doing. But to her, it looked like I'm a Unabomber. Was that a, was that a Karen? Yes. Mm, okay, so you had a Karen moment. Yes. 
And, and wow. but 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 my current moment was scared because well it was scary because I'm black, my truck is black, it's all tinted out like it should be, but what 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 has been the outcome with the angry black man when it comes to the police? So now I'm forcing myself to be as calm as possible, even though I know I'm not doing nothing wrong. Now I gotta fight my emotions to be calm. So I can go home, so I don't get shot or killed. That's the part that 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 fucked me up. Cause I'm like, here it is. I'm I'm minding my own business. I'm not bothering nobody. I'm not doing anything outside what I normally would do. And just because and this and and one when I say this lady raised her voice, by the time I got out of character and basically told her fuck her and, and going about your business. All the neighbors was outside looking at like, what's going on? What's going on? Even the neighbors, even the people that I delivered to came outside and was like, what's going on? Because they know I deliver to them all the time. And when the police got out there, it was just, you know, it was just all, the, it was just too much. It was just too much. And so I think that day alone for me, it, it made me think about it because I'm like, damn, I wasn't, you know, I didn't see what happened. People were texting me. You know, people were calling me, asking me where I was, making sure I was okay. So I didn't get to see it all the way, you know, on on TV. But here it is. It's happening. And then this happens to me. I'm like, what the fuck? So it threw me off. It, it threw me off a lot. It threw me off a lot. So I, I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, you did exactly what any black man in America should do. Because my philosophy is this. You be calm, you be respectful, you be courteous to everybody you meet until they show you differently. I mean, I was, I mean, one, well, I, 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 I told, you know, I told a few people close to me, I was like, if she would have came off differently, then that whole situation could have been different. Because, you know, customer service is part of what I do. You know, I, I interact with people all day. And customer service comes in different ways. And so I know how to navigate customer service and be respectful. But when you're raising your voice and you're just being bluntly disrespectful, I can't turn around and be respectful to you when you're just flat out being disrespectful to me. So, you know, some of the language that I used towards her was basically letting her know that she was out of pocket. And I told her, I said, if you would have came at me differently, this would have, this would have, you know, I would have reacted differently. But she still was going on and going on and going on and then kind of find out after it was all said and done she didn't even live on that street she didn't even live on that street she was just walking by and now we got all this chaos i'm like this is crazy see but when they when they travel the whole nation is there right exactly exactly and, and watch this and back to how you interacted because i need your audience to really really take what you said to heart as a you know, police officer who did his thing for 20-something years uh, uh, and seeing the, my former blues on the front line at these protests, being trying, being considerate, being respectful in the face of agitation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody wants to be, you know, disrespected. Right. Yelled at, spit on. Right. Because that right there is fight moments. That's a fight moment right there. Right. But if you want to see the next day, at least exercise that principle. And then 
survive the encounter, you can always refer back to the kid. I was calm. I was cool. Yeah. I was hospitable. Yeah. I was considerate. I was respectful. Yeah. But they took me a little bit deeper. Right. And I had to respond. Yeah. And I was cool. I mean, I, I mean, even with the even with her like you know raising her voice, I was still cool because I still you know was doing my job. But it was just like she just kept at it. She just kept at it. And I mean, the more she talked to me, the more and more her voice went up. And I'm just looking at her like, what is? Wrong? And I asked, her, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like seriously. And then it just it just elevated from there. And then you know, of course, you know, the police showed up. I had to show them my manifest. They had to call my supervisor. They had to track, you know, where I was coming from. So they called like three of my last stops and they were like, yeah, the guy just, you know, dropped off the propane tanks. They was like, all right. So eventually they let me go. But even between the white officer and the black officer, the white officer was like, well, I could see where she was coming from with the propane tanks. The black officer was like, what do you see? This man just told us that he do this every day. This is his job. So what do you see differently? And right there, I backed up on my truck and I was just like, there it is racism is serious for real because the white cops thinking was well i can see where she coming from the black cops thinking was like well what did she see because this man just showed us this is his job this he's not out here on a specific day for any particular reason he out here just doing his job so it it i was just like wow like this this is crazy so i'm just glad that it didn't you know escalate any more than what it was and um that i wasn't harmed or anything like that but it just goes to show that you know, like you said, being calm, you know, will get you out of, you know, some tough situations. So I'm glad I tried to remain as, as calm as I could, you know, so. Well, we're talking to you on the phone today because you remain calm and cool. Because if you went another way, it could have gone another way. Yeah. That's and, true. And, and again, and, and it's, it's not a promise because we have seen too many times where people have been calm, cool, collect, and they still get killed. That's true. That is true. Okay. But, you know, true. I mean, you, you, you're here today because you was calm, you were cool, and, and um, we're having this interview right now. Exactly. So, Juan, man, look, I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I had an opportunity to talk with you, man, chat with you a little bit. I know you, you know, got a busy schedule like me. So I wanted you to kind of just tell, you know, anybody, you know, that that's listening to this and if they decide that they want to reach out to you, if it's okay, one. And if it is okay, you know, just give them um, your, your social media handle and also you let them know how to find you on, on YouTube. So uh, I have a social media handle. If you want to reach me, you can go to uh, my, my regular page is Juan J. Johnson. Okay. Uh, my uh, firearms page will be uh, Lone Wolf Firearms Training on Facebook. Um, I have another site called alonewithfirearm.bigsite.com slash L-W-F-T. That's alonewithfirearm.bigsite.com slash L-W-F-T. If you want to register, just go to my Gmail, alonewithfirearm at gmail.com. Uh, I'm having some uh, mechanical problems on my website, so uh, if you're not able to register, go to the Gmail, longwolffirearm at gmail.com, leave me a name, leave me a number, and I'll contact you, and we'll get you registered. Uh, I offer an intro to basic firearms, which is a two-hour course, uh, and we can do that online or face-to-face. 
can have the Zoom. I offer the handgun qualification license certification through State of Maryland, uh, which is a four-hour class, a four-hour course, and we can start that online, virtual. And then, if you're really serious about becoming uh, a carrier of the weapon, we offer the wear and carry, which is a 16-hour course. Um, we can start it online, but we're going to get together and go over uh, when and when not to shoot. Uh, how to carry the weapon, how to shoot, uh, safety, storage, uh, every aspect, nomenclature, all the parts, the laws about how and when to storage and transport the weapon. So you'll get all these, all this information in your contact. Man, Juan, I appreciate that, man. I, I, again, I thank you for allowing me, you know, just a little bit of time. But I think I may, uh, I may bring you back on, man, because it's. I think we need a part two, especially when we kind of talked about, you know, the, the mentality of the young man and not having the men, you know, in in the household and just trying to figure out, you know, not saying how we figure out how we tackle it, but just like, damn, like it's it's just out of control. So I think I may bring you back on so we can wrap a little bit about that as well. Yes, sir. I'm at your disposal. Again, nothing but blessings for you and your audience. Uh, just be safe out there. Again, women, please, uh, go when you're going to be out in the streets, go out in twos and threes. Go out in twos and threes. Again, there's a target on you, okay? When you're on these, these windy roads and these rural areas, make sure everybody knows where everybody goes. Yes. Okay, make sure you have an address to where you're going. Make sure you give some names of who you're with, who you're going to see. It's just that serious, man. It's just that serious. I agree. I agree. Thanks again, Juan. I appreciate you, man. Okay, soldier. All right. Have a, have a best day. All right. You're listening to Real Talk with the Six Man. This is a journey. It's, it's a process. And, and I know that you think that you know everything now. And out of the abundance of what you think, you speak. But sometimes if you would just hold your peace and realize that how you see it today may not be how you see it five years from now, and you will have damaged everybody with wrong information because you thought it was an experience and it's a journey.
pushing me is pushing me in And I just step into the booth and just start killing them dead Cause I'm infatuated we're proving what's mine, and I'm just captivated by these newest methods of mine. And it's just fuel to the flame of this aggression of mine. And just like fine wine, boy, we get better with time. Cause I'm just moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson, what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Cause I'm just moving, moving. Cause I've been, cause I've been. I'm cruising, cruising. Cause I've been, cause I've been. I learned my lesson, what a price hey, what to pay. A price and I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ. And um, woke up feeling blessed. Told myself, gotta live and let go. No regrets, forgiveness in my heart, never no stress. Mellow breeze, AOT, we the best. No Cali, on this road to riches for a minute. Hey, mileage, had some bus along the way. Guess who couldn't hold on? Sad to say, times got real. Look who didn't stay true. Who you? This ain't no shade, just venting. No offense, forgot to mention you was my brother from another. Nothing but love for you. Hope you shine. I've been told you nothing, no, no one gon' ever stop mine. Oh no, this my prime time grind. Hey, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson, what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Cause I'm just moving, moving, moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, cruising, cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson, what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today.